how do I increase my confidence? I say, well, take stock of the things that you've done that you're proud of in your life. Everyone's journey is unique. And what I really want to leave people with is you're never starting over. You're, you're taking all of these life experiences and you're using that now as your new baseline. And true connection is taking the initiative, I think, and reaching out to people. Over the course of my life and career, I've discovered the power of consciously investing in mindset and personal development. It has been a true game changer for me in my personal and professional life. And I'm extremely excited that you decided to join us today to take one step forward in your own life. Most of my breakthroughs have come from one-on-one -on -one conversations. We created this show to bring you those unfiltered conversations each and every week. Good morning and welcome back to the Connected Mindset Live. I'm your host, Greg Tomchik. Thanks so much for joining us here for another incredible conversation to help you better connect with the world around you. Really looking forward to this one. But before we get there, today's episode is presented by Blokes. That's B-L-O-K-E-S. And Blokes is a diagnostic and men's health company specifically around understanding where your chemical makeup and some of the things that are going on in your body stand. As a former athlete, I always ask my coaches and the great PhD doctors that were around me, can you give me a test to tell me why I'm tired or why I'm feeling this way? Um, and they always said, you know, yeah, we can take your blood and um, it's probably your cholesterol or something of that nature. And most of the time what I found is there's chemicals nowadays that we're coming to understand as a society that helps us bring a better person into the world because we're now able to tailor our health to ourselves as opposed to the generalized person. Um, and we're going to dive into some of the things today that help you understand yourself a little bit better. Um, we try to do that on each episode of this show, but this is a really special one because everybody needs this to be elite, to be their best self, to bring their best self to the world. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. We have Mr. John Malura with us. Um, John's coming to us from Delaware and yes, um, just a, uh, a couple states away from where you guys know I am and definitely looking forward to diving in. So John, uh, how's the morning going and uh, how's Delaware this morning? A uh, little frosty, <laughs> little oh, frosty, yeah. um, which is wild. Had the, It was 70 degrees, I think, on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, yesterday when I met my, my guys to work out at 5.15 a.m., it was like 28. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll get that'll get your nose and ears uh, nice and uh, I guess woken up. So I definitely oh, yeah. feel that feel that here as well, um, John. One of the ways we like to start the show, um, as opposed to giving a full background, because you got you have an incredible one, is what mission are you on, and why? Yeah, so you know, as the author and speaker Rory Vaden says, you're best suited to serve the person you used to be. Mm -hmm. So. The person I used to be, despite being very successful to the outside world, looking into my life, 
you know, I work, I worked in the space program. I led test operations for NASA and department of defense across the planet. You know, I, I was a legit rocket scientist, but I just didn't have the confidence to really enjoy all that, all those accolades that myself and my team earned. I just felt so unworthy of whatever, you know, whatever I earned. And, um, I'm on a mission to help people really understand that they do have worth and how to help them build their confidence and not just like build their confidence so they can get through the day, but take it to an elite level so they can take that back into their families, their workplace and their communities and, and highly and serve others at a very high level. Yeah, I love it. I think more people need it. Um, the conversation doesn't take place. We know in the workplace, especially um, because it's, you know, it's grind, it's, um, you know, the projects are behind and, you know, things need to be done. I mean, for people to think about and wrap their mind around rocket scientists and where everything's headed in space, um, you know, you were very early on in, in an innovative role where you were expected to meet a certain level. You met that level and probably exceeded it, but it's never enough um, when, right. when you're not self-worthy from the inside out. And, you know, I saw that in professional baseball, even the people that were making multiple, multiple million dollars a year, you know, they were eating, you know, steak and eggs for every meal. They were, you know, caviar. They had all, everything that they, you know, needed or wanted in the world when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. But inside they were broken. They didn't yeah. know who they were. Um, you know, they were going through the ups and downs of if you won a game, everything was great. If you lost, you know, you were in a corner in your hotel room crouched up, um, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong. And there was never that even keel. And I think yeah. when I think of confidence, you know, I think of that even keel to be able to, you know, trust yourself, whether you win or lose, um, that you have that internal compass to say, you know, I kept the promises to myself in this situation. And that allows me to be adaptable to any situation. So I'd like to, I'd like to start you know, with recognizing that mission, you know, what is confidence to you today and how has it evolved since, you know, you, you kind of um, recognize, you know, hey, this is an issue. Yeah, I mean, at, at its core, it's it's I always talk about when I whenever I'm given a keynote or a workshop, the difference between confidence and arrogance, because so many times when someone hears, oh, that person's really confident. A lot of times the association is it, it, it's it's negative, like they're going to be overly confident. And that's where it becomes broaches into the, the topic of, of arrogance. Confidence, like you said, is you have a sense of self-worth. Des despite what's going on around you, you know that you're showing up as someone who's true to yourself and true to your values and true to the people that you're there to serve. And you're not you you don't end up crouched up in a hotel, you know, you know, chair crying if things don't go right, um, because you have that innate sense of self worth. Arrogance, on the other hand, is people using, you know, outward power or influence or status to, you know, usually like belittle people or exercise some type of control over others. So that's arrogance. So. Mm -hmm. Confidence to me is, like I said, just having that innate sense of self-worth and, 
you, you know, you, you touched on it too, like staying true to yourself. Like if, if you, if you did the reps and you did the work for whatever it is, you know, you and I are both, both athletes. I was never at the level you were, but you know, I've an athlete my whole life. Um, you know, when I was a, a competing martial arts, it's like, did you train hard enough? Mm-hmm. If not, then you're going to get knocked out. (laughs) So, but, you know, there's a difference between losing a match because your competitor was better than you. And there's a big difference between losing a match because you showed up unprepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, there's so much transferability between athletics and operating at a high level, whether it's military you know, or we're doing sports, you know, you're in a dojo, like, there's so much transferability that is underestimated by people who have done these practices, because every time they get put into a new environment, they feel like they have to rebuild their self worth and confidence, because you're proving it, you want recognition, when you get the recognition, it's, it is, it's thick, and then very empty, right? It's like, oh, that feels good. It's a, it's a dopamine hit. It's a chemical hit that feels really good. And then it's like, you know, oh crap, well, what's next? And yeah, people are chasing those chemicals each and every day. And it's, it's so unsustainable if you aren't <clears throat> able to establish that this is my baseline confidence that I need. I know I did my preparation because I have a regimen and a routine. And um, I think that's like the life athlete, like the business athlete, the the personal athlete, the family athlete, the person that just practices things they know should be um, in alignment and congruence with their true self, you know, diving a layer deeper into, you know, self-worth. So I think people need to have that self-worth to have confidence, mm-hmm. um, to some extent. So, you know, with, with somebody listening in, that's trying to figure out, you know, where they are in life, what's next, you know, what is, how do they adopt that self-worth and what conversations do they need to have to start, identifying who that true self really is yeah one of the things especially people that operate at a high level and elite levels don't do is they don't they don't pause and celebrate and i was notorious for this like (laughs) you know you work so hard on whatever it is whatever you know project or you know planning your family trip whatever it is you work so hard on it and then when the actual thing happens that you've worked so hard for, you, you're already on to like the next like two things. Mm-hmm. And you don't even pick your head up and, and call a timeout and like celebrate. Um, and one of the things I always encourage people to do, I always say, because you know, I always I get this question all the time. Okay, well, John, how do I increase my confidence? I say, well, take stock of the things that you've done that you're proud of in your life. And people always kind of look at me like I have three heads when I say that. And I say, what you need to do is really take stock of the things that you have done in your life, like set a timer on your phone for 10 minutes. And, you know, type type a note in your phone, I have a Google Doc, I call it call it my archive of awesome, Mm -hmm. where it's things that I'm proud of. And yeah, there, there are things on there like, you know, being part of teams that successfully landed something on Mars for sure. But there's also little things on there, like the fact that my teenage daughter felt comfortable enough to come and sit and like have a cup of coffee with me for two hours and just talk about all the things going on in her life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, keep track of all that because we're, our brains are so hardwired to remember the negative, right? You know, my, my buddy Arthur always says, you know, pain is a great teacher and he, and he's right. Like we're like, we remember those lessons, especially if they're painful. Um, but we're not so good a lot of times at remembering the positive things. That's why I always tell people take stock and write down things that you're proud of in your life, not only to, to remind you of things, but also on those days when you wake up or, or you're in a new situation or you're in a difficult situation, you're like, man, I don't know if I got the skills, the strength, the smarts, whatever it is to, to be successful at this. You can pull that list out and just just, you know, just glance through it for 30 seconds to remind yourself that you can do hard things. And here's the actual proof of it. Yeah, I love that archive of awesome. I think everybody needs one of those. Yeah. Because, you know, we stack medals, um, but sometimes th those aren't what we're we're striving for, right? We're striving for those relationship breakthroughs or the things that put us back in our seat on when our kids do something that we never thought they would do or like have the confidence to do. And um, I, I always think back to like the leadership point because I have young kids, so I'm always and I have a, a company. So I'm always thinking about like how I can become a better leader for my, for my family, but also for my team that I lead. And mm -hmm. when I think about the best leaders, the best coaches I ever had, even in, in, you know, minor leagues all the way down to little league, most of the time they started this discussion on, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of you guys for what you've accomplished up to this point. I, you know, I really like how you guys, you know, lost that game. Like, I really like how you guys handled that. And then yeah. it's in order for us to improve, we need to do X, Y, Z. So it was always, it always felt very uh, if they had confidence in us we wanted that validation then it was kind of a mirror to us to go out there and be confident we knew no matter if we won or lost that at the end of the day you know they were probably going to come back with something similar of that nature to reinforce why we needed to, to kind of stay the course yeah um, and that that was very revolutionary for me and um you know i think it's not really about the accolades but it is you know about things that you feel are awesome right and not necessarily the society and i think that's right. what a lot of us battle with is what is societal norm of confidence and self-worth versus what is yours um and you know how do you help folks differentiate between the two um because it's such a it's such a magnet to to go toward what society thinks is is successful and and uh you know worthy yeah it that that's where it, it's a muscle that gets improved like anything uh the more you the more you do it the more you're you're gonna have that resilience and that strength so um as far as like having things that the world sees as important like really take stock of something and say is that something that i truly value because you know behind me to the, the all the stuff behind me on my wall it's all there intentionally that that's my like a visual archive of awesome for me like there's letters of commendation from the Department of Defense behind me and, you know, over one shoulder, there's stuff from Homeland Security and NASA. But right next to the Homeland Security thing from the, the project I worked on is this little tiny bronze medallion about the size of a nickel. And that is a third place medal I won when I was like seven or eight years old, you know, for a Pinewood Derby race that my dad and I built this little car when I was a Cub Scout. And like, I just remember being so proud, but it's, but it's hung right next to, you know, these, these accolades that the world of course would loud. Um, 
but a big differentiation is I don't get my value from those accolades hang, hanging behind me. Like, it's not like I look at that, that, that piece of paper back there and I'm like, oh, I have value because the Department of Defense said, you know, gave me an attaboy on a piece of paper. What those things represent, and this is, this is a critical difference between not gaining your, your value from your, you know, accomplishments, but those things represent that I can do hard things. You know, those things represent that and as, as a reminder to me that, you know, I can lead teams. I can I can make decisions when I'm physically exhausted. You know, I can keep people safe and, and put others, you know, well-being ahead of me, just regardless of how tired or far away from home I am. You know, so that's a big difference. Don't don't get your value from your past accomplishments let them serve you mm-hmm. as a reminder of what you can do and you're capable of and what you can build on in the future. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so tangible. Like that's so, that's something I haven't really heard before. Like you, you serve that goal for so long and then when you achieve it, it just kind of goes to sleep. Right. But right. if it can, if it can resurge your soul when you need it and resurge <clears throat> everything you're doing, you know, that's where you get the real benefit from actually going through that. Just, when when you were going, when you were talking through that, I just, I, I think about like the day I got drafted, how much I prepared, how much time and money my parents put into it. And when I got the, the call to be drafted, <clears throat> I basically turned to my parents and just like kind of waited for their reaction because I wanted to, like, that's why I was doing it to some extent. That's why I felt like I was doing it in that moment. Like it was kind of like a light bulb moment of, you know, I was doing this to to satisfy them, but it's something I enjoyed doing. So it's kind of like when they're happy for it, like that's that's something that I really like wanted from that situation was like them to be happy that it happened for me and, and to be happy for me that it happened. And it was kind of that give back. So I think those types of small situations make me realize like some of this stuff is bigger than us, but it starts internally of how we are processing things. And that can be a little confusing for folks. But I think when you when you talk about it reserving you and kind of resurging your soul when I was going through those games of losing or when I got released from baseball, I knew when I came back from being released and looked at them and they had the same, you know, proud face. It was just it was it just took me back of like, holy cow, it wasn't about that whole process I just went through for three, four years playing. It was the connection to those people that I really care about and, um, you know, how it made them feel for me to succeed. And I think that's the resurgence that I got in my soul. Like this is, you know, much bigger, which I think you hit on, um, pretty well there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I heard something just, just this week, um, with one of the guys that we work out with, um, you know, part of, part of it, whenever, you know, it's always peer led the the group I'm part of and whoever's leading the exercise for the day, you know, to give everyone a breather <laughs> during, during the, the exercise uh, about halfway through, they, um, they share something that is to meant to help us grow as, as men and, and leaders. And what, what my buddy Arthur shared this week really struck a chord with me. He said, you know, we're put here on the planet 
to love people and use things. Yeah. We're put here to love people and use things. But so many people get that backwards. You know, yeah, love <laughs> they love their things and, and they love their things yeah. so much they'll use people to get more things. So wow. it, it goes back to building those relationships and you know, it, it, it's all in the way you approach life and a, a, approach your relationships that really create these lasting and powerful impacts and also foundations, especially if you're a parent or a leader in your business or community, building those, mm. those strong roots to, to give people that resilience. Wow. Yeah, that that's definitely something that should take everybody back when they hear it, because we get caught in that cycle because we see the typical media successful, you know, business or, um, you know, athlete, they have, you know, they have everybody around them that is kind of at their beck and call. Right. right? And I, I always wonder, you know, how do they treat those people? You know, do they treat them well? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but it's to accumulate only what society feels is successful, you know, 10 cars or a big house, yeah. whatever that, whatever that thing is for you or for them, you know, there's no, it's like, there's no moral compass to get there to some extent. Like that's what you're showed and portrayed. And I think people need to have that conversation more of, you can really love people and give them what they want and probably in return, you know, you might get what you want. I think Zig Ziglar said something similar to that. Yeah. Um, but he struggled for, I think it was like 30, 40 years. I mean, a guy that's extremely successful, a lot of books, a lot of, uh, a lot of speeches, a lot of authorships. And he's, you know, he's still being quoted because yeah. he flipped that switch and realized, holy cow, I've been doing it all wrong for these 40 years. I've been just trying to use people to get things yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. Um, so I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to take that as a snippet away from this episode because yeah. that's a that's something I think people need to be continually reminded of because it's right. it's it's honestly going against the grain when yeah. you do, when you take that route which it should be it shouldn't be because it should be easy to you know really love people and just love them authentically and then you know kind of use the things to help serve those people or help right. improve the community. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with have, having things or nice things or making a lot of money. Yeah it's 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 how are you how are you showing up like what's your motivation like are you are you showing up just so you can get like a nice new watch or the iphone whatever they're at now 16 17 i don't even know um it's like or are you showing up with with a heart to help people and and you know any kind of financial gains are are a fallout from that mm -hmm. you know or or a result of that yeah how do you think people make that switch? Do you think it's just more listening, less ego-led um, interactions? Like, what does that look like for John today? And, you know, it's something that constantly evolves for all of us. But, you know, with where you came from, where you are today, where you're headed, you know, what does that yeah. look like to really, you know, just authentically serve people and be there? Um, I know authentic, the word is used a lot and yeah. it's kind of coined today. But just, just to be there and not be there to ex expect somebody to give you something or um, provide you something, but just show up. Yeah. I, uh, sh being able to just show up and do my best, mm -hmm. not for recognition, but just because 
to challenge myself, yeah. you know, and, you know, for instance, you know, I'm in a shift between business when you and I spoke, I think in December initially, mm-hmm. you know, the, the photography business that I've been running for a couple of years, you know, has been declining for any number of reasons. You know, people are just trying to <laughs> pay for their groceries, not, yeah. not so worried about, you know, high end photo shoot, like I, like I provide. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, the speaking and the coaching and everything was launching. It's like, I, you know, we still need to pay bills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my friends opened up a, a high end grocery store, you know, little, little boot, boutique shop. And, you know, that that's where I help. I'm actually heading there after you and I hang up today. And it's like, I, I can look at it two ways. You know, the the negative way to look at, you know, having my my assignment be, you know, to assemble a shelf or break down boxers or mop the floors could be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I was a rocket scientist, for goodness sake. And there are moments where like I've had those flashes like what mm-hmm. what's going on? But the way to flip that whenever I can catch myself kind of going down that negative rabbit hole is, you know, A, I'm earning money for my family as, as things are in transition and the speaking stuff and, and coaching is, is taking off, which it is. But more importantly, like this is my, my friend's dream that I'm helping them bring into reality. So yeah, I'm mopping a floor, but I'm helping their dream, which they've dreamt about for years to open a, this, this type of market become a reality while they're out doing what they need to do to further, you know, to further their business and provide for their family. So it's, it's, it's not perfect, but it is something that if, if you stay continually aware of your thoughts and kind of where they're at and being able to, to hit the brakes whenever you see them going in a negative way, try to think about the, the bigger purpose that you're serving. And mm-hmm. that confidence, again, comes into play. You know, looking at that archive of awesome, yeah, okay, I, I did hard things. I, I led teams that worked on F-35. But the reason why I started working at that company has very humble beginnings. It's because my job was working on a maintenance crew pulling dead mice out of the toilets at a Boy Scout camp. And I thought, this is not how I want to spend my time. So when the opportunity came to teach rock climbing at a Boy Scout camp, I said, I'll do it. And they said, are you scared of heights? I said, yep. When do I go? (laughs) But because I was, you know, willing to go out and and change my own future, despite it being physically uncomfortable because I was scared of heights. Teaching rock climbing is actually what got me to work in the space program. Mm-hmm. The guy who hired me and became my mentor was a former special forces operator in Vietnam. And he happened to be the lead test engineer for this company. And when he saw that I had, you know, moderate book smarts, but also more importantly that he could send me out into the field and not get myself or other people killed most likely <laughs> that's actually what ended up working in the space program so despite your current situation there's always a way to spin it positively mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm a huge proponent and and something that gets me so excited when people make connections with their story like when you told me that when we initially spoke and you just you, you've taken the time to do the hard work to reflect on the Boy Scout, the rock climbing, mm-hmm. the mentorship, the, the position, where you are now. 
Um, and to have the perspective to say, I'm now contributing to something bigger than myself. I think when I think of fulfilled, when people say like success, fulfillment, I think of fulfillment as the cup is full and it's overflowing into other, you know, into other areas that are bigger than yourself. So it's right. most people, their cup is maybe half full because they're, they're, they're doing something that is not really contributing to something that they see benefit from, right? It's like, go, you know, maybe to an office or they're, you know, working for a company or, or doing something where they don't really feel like they're contributing. And it's, I think it's hard to have confidence when you don't yeah. feel that you feel so you feel kind of drained to an extent where you can never get that cup over to be filled up to the point where you can provide to other people. Um, and I think you have to connect your story in that way in order to get to that point, because it, when you, when you hit those hard, you know, hard bumps, you know, bumps in the night, some people say you have mm -hmm. to be able to reflect back to that congruence and say, you know, I've done a lot of great things. You know, I was a professional baseball player. I done that, you know, I've done this. And when I got out of baseball, you know, I had to go through positions of like internships and things. And I'm like, why would I be an intern? Like I was a professional athlete, like blah, 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 blah. All these stories yeah. that my mind was telling me. Yeah. But until I was like, holy cow, I'm actually contributing to, you know, my mentor's dream of, you know, getting his company to the next level and helping protect them and X, Y, Z until I got to that point, I was empty and I was you know, yeah. depressed or whatever the word you want to put to it. Um, but you have to make connections in your story. And if you, if you can't do that, it's very hard to have aim and be able to know where you're going and where you're headed. Um, if you don't know where you're headed, I guess any road can get you there and it's hard to, <laughs> to find that road. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when, you become in a position of leadership where you can start influencing others and, you know, steering the ship, so to speak. That's when it becomes really important to be able to communicate that vision for how we're, we're helping others mm -hmm. because for the first probably 10 decade that I worked in the space program, the company I worked for the leadership, you know, the, the vision was, you know, we're, we're here to help, you know, protect military personnel, astronauts. Um, and we're here to try to do what's next and see what's over that hill. And that, and that was something that was celebrated. That was part of our, our culture. And then the company, the leadership changed, you know, it was taken over by venture capitalists and then it truly became all about profit and it lost that like you like you've mentioned a couple times that internal compass of you know we're here to serve others you know we're here to protect those that are protecting us we're here to to figure out what's next and, the, and to to see what what's out up beyond the horizon to if you're not making a bunch of money why are you wasting our time and that that's ultimately why i left that job i was just like i the, the, i can't operate like this and that mm -hmm. that's why i ended up leaving so as leaders, it's very important for us to, you know, communicate why we're doing something and to make sure you're communicating, you know, what, make sure what you're doing is in alignment with your own moral compass and other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult to do for a lot of people because it's going out on a whim and taking a chance. And that's like the risk takers and the, you know, the, the, uh, 
what do they say the square pegs in a round hole like the people that don't really fit the typical you know line of college you know go work become a manager you know right. kind of work their way up and i think we need more conversations like that when you look at the majority of folks you know not really generalizing but um you know how many what percentage do you feel like are are stuck in kind of an unconfident stance i guess you could say yeah oh man <laughs> well i think it is probably probably close to 100 in some area of their lives you know because a lot of times lack of self-confidence like it's very sneaky you know i talk about it being like the inner saboteur and actually on my on my website i just launched it yesterday we're, we're talking right right at the beginning of march you know i have a quiz it's like a one question quiz like what what type of confidence of a Hollywood movie character can you most relate with? And there's like one question there. And it's a bit of a spin because it's not like you're Rambo because you're, you know, super, super, you know, you're super tough or whatever. It actually points out the the blind spots for people, how we tend to in sabotage ourselves internally. So it's like one of them is, um, you know, I think the question is like, you know, do you, do you do your best work alone? And it's like, if you relate with that, you, it says, congratulations, you're, you know, you're like Rambo. <laughs> yeah. um, however, it points out how much hardship did you, did have you created for yourself having this lone wolf, this soloist mentality? So to answer your question, you know, I think most people are stuck at some, at some level whether their their perfectionism is showing up and it's and it's kind of damaging relationships or it's, it's having them stall out at work because they're never hitting their things or you know maybe they feel like they need to someone wants to launch a, a business but they just keep reading books and taking courses and you know learning all the things and talking about all the things they want to do but they never actually do it you know they become an expert but you know, there, there's no action associated with it. So I think if people are honest with themselves, there are places that they're stuck, you know, in some realm, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first part of it is is realizing, okay, I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. Now, what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we avoid the first question, right? Because we yeah. don't want we don't want to be stuck so bad that we're like. Yeah. We'll just keep doing what we're doing and hopefully it will get unstuck, you know, by, by yeah. the environment or by naturally. And typically yeah. you have to kind of push the door open to get through it. Right. You can't, yeah. it's not going to open for you. Yeah. And I always say, you know, being stuck, it, it's a thief. Mm -hmm. it, like it's going to rob you of your joy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to steal your potential. You know, if you're if you're stuck and you're not going after things or you don't have the confidence to go after things, you know, you're 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 not going to go after the next thing. And then it's also going to cheat the people that we're here to serve if we choose to play small and not not get do the work on ourselves and do the hard things, you know. So it's gonna rob us of our joy. Like when I had very low self-confidence, when I got those letters of commendation behind me, I had like a panic attack before they they gave it to me when i was on stage because i was so sure that people were going to find out that i've been bsing them all these years 
you know, yeah. imposter syndromes in the news a lot, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's that feeling like a fake, which the root cause is low self-confidence. So, you know, it robbed me of the joy of that experience in 2005 of getting that letter of commendation. Like, I don't even remember, I didn't celebrate it. I think I stuffed them in like a desk drawer for 15 years because I didn't believe I was worthy to have them. So that's why it's so near and dear to my heart to help people get unstuck and start building their confidence up so they're not robbed of that joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's coming to the realization that we don't know everything. And I think the ego takes over that confidence when we feel like we have to know everything. I, mm-hmm. I had a moment probably two or so years ago where, you know, in baseball, your coach wanted you to know the playbook. They wanted you to know everything. And there was a point in time where I was in a boardroom and somebody, um, I think it was the CEO of the company asked me a question and he, he kind of knew I didn't know the answer because he knew my background. He, (laughs) we've had many conversations and he was just kind of testing me to see if I would try to answer it with some, you know, BS answer. And at the time I was doing some, you know, some work with, you know, a therapist, I was just talking about, you know, some of the things I was working through. And, you know, I was encouraged to be able to say, I don't know when I don't know. And it was, you know, it would would build better trust. And I basically said, you know, in front of the whole group, I was like, I don't know, but I'll make sure to get back to you, you know, tomorrow morning. Yeah. And everybody in the room didn't know how to respond to that. They wanted me to have the exact answer because, you know, I was helping them do something security wise. And the, the, he came up to me after and he said, you know, I, I kind of knew you didn't know that answer, but I was, you know, seeing how you would respond because everybody was expecting you to give an answer. Yeah. Um, and he basically was like, you know, thanks. A lot of people on my team don't do that. Um, and he's like, you know, I can tell with athletics and, you, you know, you've learned a thing or two throughout the days. And <laughs> but it, it just shows our confidence journey is always evolving. It's not an yeah. end state. It's not a destination. Um, you know, I still doubt myself today. And. Um, but it's it's having that core core point where you can go back to and say, you know, I've accomplished some cool things. I'm going to accomplish some great things in the future. And when things get hard, I know I can keep pushing because I've proven to myself and I have I have that track record of trying to push through and then looking back and saying, holy cow, I pushed yeah. through it. And, you know, I didn't die or I didn't. Yeah, right. Anybody else? So. Yeah, I have that. I have that patch on my rucksack. Right. Says, really? Did you die? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, that sucked. That was tough. That hurt yeah. <laughs> physically and mentally. But did you die? No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like the rucksack thing, and uh, yeah, man. it's so cool to to choose pain. I think that's that's something that's been a a focus of mine probably the past year or so because I always chose pain in athletics, um, but. It was it was because I had such a clear goal of being able to like throw, you know, a mile an hour harder or mm-hmm. you know, something of that nature. And when you get into, you know, more of like a business life, you know, and maybe you're on a run like it's you're not thinking about, oh, this is going to get me to the next step in my business. Like you're not you're not connecting that hardship to yeah. some type of athletic goal. It's kind of just like, you know, I want to improve. So I need to push myself past my comfort zone. And then you, you build that track record of, of confidence. And I think that's where you positive stack and get momentum and, um, which I think is critical. Um, where where do you, I I put the quiz, um, in the chat here as well as your website. So definitely want people to reach out 
Um, where, do you recommend people start with the quiz and kind of go from there? Uh, where, where else should they you know, reach out? I think a lot of people have these obstacles they're going through. Uh, most of the time they won't admit it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are going through this in conversations that I have. And, you know, they're asking me, hey, what'd you learn from sports to, you know, make you more confident? And I'm like, well, I'm not 100% confident. It goes up and down. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. But you have to go, you have to go inside. Like you can't keep asking everybody else, you know, how do I, how do I get here? How do I do that? They're going to give you their opinion. But I think one of the things that you're offering and providing the world that's unique is you can help bring somebody through that process like most people um, can't. So where would you say people should kind of enter into John's world to help work with them through that process? Yeah, I, I, I love serving as a guide for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always tell coaching clients like right off the bat in our initial like free call that I'll do with them. It's like, look, I'm not going to put more work into this than you. <laughs> like, yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> like, like if you're not willing to, to put in the work, like I'm not, I'm not chasing you down. Like we're adults here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the great place for them to start is with that quiz. Yeah, it's meant to be a little bit lighthearted and funny. Like you know, it's it's yeah. it's one question. It's gonna take like ten seconds yeah. to do. Um, but then what that'll do is that'll put you, you know, then that'll that'll kick off a series of emails where I talk about, you know, some areas where, you know, confidence how it really affects our relationships, our business. But they also get as soon as they finish the quiz, they'll get an archive of awesome sent to them just automatically email to them just as a prompt, you know, print it out, stick it on your wall. Or like I said, use it as a prompt to create a note in your phone and take those 10 minutes to just write down some things that you're proud of. So yeah, definitely start with the quiz, see which of the five uh, movie characters you are. And it's, yeah, it's geared for people, you know, in their mid forties. So lots of nineties, early 2000 movie references in there. Um, but yeah, that'd be a great place for them to start. And it's it's super easy. And then that'll kick off some other things to to bring them into my system. And I'm getting ready to uh, begin doing like weekly blogs, you know, so all that'll be, you know, launching here soon. Excellent. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, the words you're putting out, the the resources, the exercises, these to me are all, you know, tokens to help people be elite. Everybody wants to be elite in their own way. Right. Um, I think the most elite people go through the deepest holes in their life. I think about, you know, because it's it's been my, you know, my path, professional athletes. You know, I grew up in a military area here in Norfolk, Virginia, biggest Navy base, and we moved all around military bases. And I've interacted with thousands of former military Mm -hmm. officers and even they go through it. And I think everybody needs to recognize that, you know, they might've been 20 years, you know, at the Pentagon and they were at the, you know, they were, they were telling the president what they needed to do. But once they really take a step back, they realize, holy cow, you know, I have a lot of things I still need to work on as a person because I've been numbing it with that status or role that I was in. So, um, I love what you're doing. I love what you're putting out. It's a unique message. Uh, A lot of people need it. I'm really hoping that, the folks listening in, you know, professional athletes, um, military leaders, um, anybody trying to do anything in life, um, anybody trying to break through to that next level to get themselves to their 2.0 self, the elite version of themselves, whatever they want to link yeah. it to. Um, I think this is really going to help them and looking forward to getting this episode um, out there on YouTube and, and LinkedIn um, over the next couple of weeks, sharing some of the snippets. Um, I think a lot of people like to consume those short 
kind of lessons. Um, and uh, we love to put those out for people to, as a reminder, it's kind of yeah. that, that um, you know, that reflection back to awesomeness and just kind of having that reminder in their ear, a coach like yourself to say, hey, you know, you might be going through a tough day, but here's, here's what I can offer up to bring you back, you know, down to earth or, you know, down to your true self. So I think I appreciate, I really appreciate what you're doing and want to acknowledge you for, for that. John, um, anything else uh, before we wrap things up and dive into the last question? Anything you want to offer up to the audience um, with how you're feeling today, what you think they may need to uh, get to that next level? Yeah, so so everyone's journey is unique. And what I really want to leave people with is you're never starting over. You're, you're taking all of these life experiences and you're using that now as your new baseline and your new foundation and you're building from that so you never really start over and if anything really resonated from this you know obviously my, my website johnmalora.com you know you can take the quiz you can also schedule a free call with me you know i'm just happy to, to talk with people and see kind of where they're at and hear a bit of their story so you know it's free it's not salesy like <laughs> there's no there's no hidden trick it's it's there's a button there you can schedule like a 30 minute call on calendly with me and i just love to hear people because in my professional career you know i went all across the world from antarctica to england and that was always one of the things i loved doing was talking to people and just seeing the different points of view so I'd love for people to reach out and if nothing else get started with that that quiz Excellent. Yeah, I definitely recommend everybody goes that route and reach out to John. It's it's cool to share stories um, together. And, you know, you'll definitely learn something from John's story as well as I as I have throughout the various conversations we have. Um, John, so one of the ways we like to wrap up the show, um, you know, we put together this show each week because we want to help people better connect with the world around them. This is obviously a key piece for that individual to bring their best self you know, to the world to better connect um, and love people and use things, uh, which I love, love that, that line. Uh, what is being connected? What does connection uh, mean to you today? That, that's a great question, considering, you know, how on paper the world is so connected. Yeah. You know, I think I have like nine different messaging platforms on my phone that I use to talk with, you know, my boss or, you know, the church team. Like there's so many connected platforms, but true connection is taking the initiative, I think, and reaching out to people. Um, just my, my, my two best friends and I, you know, as life happens, you know, we all got kids and, you know, lives and jobs and you know, life gets busy, but we try to reach out, make an intention to reach out to each other and just send like a text message and be like, hey, buddy, check what's going on. How are we doing, guys? So mm-hmm. connection doesn't just happen, right? It seems like it should. But be intentional about it. Take the take the time to, you know, send your significant other a text message and be like, hey, just thinking of you or you look nice when you left today. Be intentional about connection. Don't assume it's just going to happen because we have all the tools to make it happen. Be intentional about connection. Yeah, I love that. That definitely resonates. And it's a cadence and it's an intentional cadence. And we have to yeah. establish it 
um, or we get lost in the connected web of of the shallow connections. Um, yeah. So I love that depth, and you know, I think it just represents the way you approach the world and look at everything around you. Um, Thank John, you. thanks so much for joining us. Definitely looking forward to continuing the conversation and keep up the great work. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks for uh, doing what you do, Greg.